You are listening to the Mother Good Podcast, episode number seven. Today, we are talking with Alexa Hyman, founder of Back in February, about her journey with an unplanned pregnancy. Now, most of us will have some sort of experience with an unplanned pregnancy at some point in our lives, whether it's with ourselves or with a friend. An unplanned pregnancy can take so many shapes and forms as well. It could be an unmarried friend who confides in us that she found out that she was pregnant and wasn't expecting it, or it could be a married friend who confides in us that she and her husband are expecting an oops baby and are having a hard time processing all the different emotions as a result, or it could even be ourselves who are facing an unplanned pregnancy. And what's important and what I like about Alexa's story is that it's important to acknowledge both the good and the bad emotions that come as a result of an unplanned pregnancy and to realize that they are normal experiences for both men and women to have these emotions in such a circumstance. And I really think you will come away empowered after hearing Alexa's story so that we can better support our friends if they do confide in us about an unplanned pregnancy and also for ourselves if we are ever faced with a similar situation. And before we get into today's episode, I would just like to also ask a big favor for everyone listening as I have in the past, and that is to just take a few seconds, it won't take more than five seconds, I promise, is to rate us. That will help us so much and just give us more exposure. So we would just be so grateful if you could just take a few seconds, you can do it right now when you're listening and just click those five stars to give us a review. So without further ado, here is our amazing conversation with Alexa. Welcome to Mother Good, where we strongly believe that there's no way to be a perfect mom, but many ways to be a good one. I'm your host, Emily Carney, and I'm so happy that you are here. Our conversations are positive, practical, authentic, and judgment-free within the context of evidence-based research. If you are looking for a meaningful motherhood community and ready to thrive, not just survive, you are in the right place. Motherhood is a nonprofit organization funded by our generous donors. If you like this podcast, please consider joining them at motherhoodco.com/give. Hi Alexa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. So, could you tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, my name is Alexa Hyman. I live in Chicago. I'm 26. I have a almost 2-year-old daughter. And I work in financial services. I guess I could start when I I went to a small liberal arts college and thought I wanted to study psychology and had always loved to write, but was never thinking that I wanted to do it professionally in any capacity. So um, in my own stubborn way, I took a journalism class because I figured I would hate it and I could just rule it out. I took it and I had this amazing professor who just really took a, an interest in me. It was a small class, so he was able to give me one-on-one time. And he uh, was like, hey, you're, you're actually really good at this. You need to, to pursue it. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, I want you to write for the paper. And I started writing for the paper and I started getting really into it. And it was it was um, that little a bit of um, someone believing in me that kind of really launched me into really pursuing something that I loved. And um, so I did a journalism internship. I also was studying business. So I, you know, did an internship in finance and graduated from college having absolutely no idea what I wanted to do because I had exercised the right and the left side of my brain. So 
um, you know, typical 22 year old confusion and uh, ended up taking a job out in LA um, that was a nonprofit digital marketing agency that allowed me to um, project and account manage. So I use kind of that business side of my brain, but also manage creative projects. So I was able to do a little bit of both. And um, now um, my life took a little bit of a turn. I ended up moving back from LA um, to Chicago and my paths crossed with a mentor, an old mentor of mine. And I ended up helping him start um, his wealth management firm here. And the cool thing was, is I actually got to, um, you know, help to build the brand and build the social presence and work on a lot of those creative elements while also still, um, you know, working on operations and client relationships and all of that. So, um, you know, those are, that's kind of the way I see, um, you know, how my career has evolved and, uh, it's really cool how it's all kind of come full circle. That's really cool how with both jobs, both out in LA and then now in Chicago, you know, both jobs that you've had since college that you've been able to use both the creative and the business aspect. I really love that you've been able to do that. That's great. Yeah. It's been a total surprise to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear, heard you mention that you have a two-year-old or almost two-year-old. Tell us about your journey as a mom. Yeah. Um, so I was living out in LA. I was 23, um, you know, surfing on the weekends, going camping and, um, ended up finding myself unexpectedly pregnant, which, um, gosh, still when I tell this story, I'm like, man, it kind of takes my breath away a little. It was just the hardest thing that I've ever had to face in my whole life. Um, the scariest moment, week, months of my life. Um, uh, yeah, it's hard to put into words, but basically I thought that, at, you know, at that moment, it I thought that the whole world was my oyster and in a very quick second, it felt like the world was closing in on me. And um, long story short, I, uh, within a week, I kind of, I went through a lot of mental debates about how I was going to, going to do this and move forward. But I ended up, you know, saying like, yes, I'm going to have this baby and I'm going to do it the best way I can and started saving a lot of money and I wasn't going to get paid maternity leave and, um, ended up moving back to Chicago, uh, where my, you know, family supported me and, um, you know, friends and, um, Renly's dad, um, even though we didn't end up together. Um, and gosh, it's just been a crazy journey. A lot of, a lot of growth, a lot of letting go. Um, you know, she was born in October of 2017 and ended up, it, you know, it was just the greatest blessing of my entire life. You know, what turned into the scariest moment of my entire life ended up being the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, um, you know, now she's almost two and she has this mop of red curly hair and um, just a wild, sassy personality. And like, she's just my best friend in the whole world. So it's just, um, it's been an incredible experience. Definitely one that I never expected, but, um, you know, so that's how my life ended up taking a turn. You know, I thought I'd be out in LA for a while and 
um, just ultimately came to the decision that I needed to be close to home and needed to be close to family and be, um, you know, emotionally supported through that experience. And um, it was the, it was the best decision for me because I just, I was always so independent, but you quickly realize when you go through something really hard that you, you need to lean on people. And um, so here I am, I'm a working mom. I work full time, uh, moved lived in my parents for a little while to get on my feet, but moved to Chicago uh, a little over a year ago downtown. And somehow I make it work. I have a nanny four days a week. Um, she goes to my mom's on Fridays and um, it's, it's definitely tough, but I, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way because uh, whatever I can do for her, you know, is all that matters. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I can't even imagine how hard it is to have to tell that story, but I love just how redemptive it is and how you went from it being the scariest thing to the best thing in your life. Would you mind sharing what made you decide to actually carry the pregnancy, you know, kind of that emotional journey? Because I know a lot of women in your situation might not have taken that step that you did and I think that that's really brave that you did make that decision. So would you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Um, Like I said, when I first found out, it was absolutely terrifying. Um, I was in shock. I had some wonderful friends around me, but a lot of the influence around me was, you know, hey, you know, you, you don't have to do this. You know, you can just keep living your life. And keep moving forward with all those resumes you just sent out to all these agencies, you know, for your next role. And, you know, you don't have to put it all on hold. And, and, um, to be honest, looking back, that was really hard to hear, even though, even though, and this is very important, um, people's best intentions were at heart. Um, because, I think that that's the natural reaction is I will support you no matter what. And, and that's important. But what it felt at the time was, well, if I decide to keep this baby, will you support me? Or if I don't, you know, will you support me? And so it's, you almost need to be spoken to in absolutes. Um, and so there was, there was some pressure, you know, of, I think, um, whether or not to have an abortion. And I ended up scheduling an abortion for a week after I found out. And I just kind of shut down internally a little bit. Um, I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not even going to think about it. But at the same time, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And every time I thought about what that decision was going to mean, I just felt this emptiness that I couldn't let go of. I just, it was... the best way I could describe it is I felt a grief that I, that was far worse than the pit in my stomach that I already felt. And, and so it just, it just stuck with me. And the morning before I was supposed to have the abortion, I ran into a friend. Um, and I apologize if you've already heard this story, but I can't help but tell this story when I tell you know, about this journey. But, um, I ran into an old friend and he said, um, he had heard the news. Someone had leaked it to him. I hadn't 
told him and neither had Renly's dad. Um, and he looked at me and he said, you can do this. And I was like, what? And he was like, you can do this. And if you don't want to do this, I'll adopt your baby. And I, I just like, I remember just being completely flooded with emotion. Like it, I mean, it felt like a huge heat wave. And I just remember dropping my bags to the floor, falling to my knees and just feeling so overwhelmed because I had like closed this door in my mind, even though I didn't want to close it. I had closed it in my mind. Like, I'm just going to do this and it's just going to be over. And, um, and, uh, and he cracked that door back open for me. And I was just overwhelmed with that little crack in my heart. And all along this time, I had felt this tiny inkling of joy about feeling about being pregnant. And I couldn't, I also couldn't let that go. I just, I knew that, um, I knew that this moment in my life was supposed to be happy and I was supposed to be, you know, just celebrated with open arms. And even though I didn't feel that, I just, I, I just felt it in my heart that it was, that it was supposed to be a beautiful moment and that it was a beautiful thing. And I just, I call it this little inkling of joy. And so when he said this to me, I just felt that little bit of joy, just like spark. And I was like, and so my heart, you know, I just felt like, okay, maybe I can do this. And I walked away from the conversation with like kind of a rejuvenation. And I was like, you know, my mind was just racing because I was like, what am I going to do? And I ended up having a meeting with someone that I worked with and he kind of got the news out of me and I looked at him and I was like, you know, I, he said, I, well, I don't think that you are. And I said, no, I, I know that I am meaning I, I'm pregnant. And he looked at me and he just came around the table and he was like, Alexa, there's a baby inside of you. And I just lost it. I just lost it. I was like, because that was the first time since I found out I was pregnant that in that week that someone looked at me and celebrated it and actually responded the way that we respond to all women telling us that they're pregnant for the first time, you know, or any time. And it was just, I had, I just, I just couldn't stop crying. And, and he, and and he, I just felt, I just knew immediately that I could do it. And I felt so much peace and I immediately got on the phone and canceled the appointment and never looked back, never, not even for a second, no matter how hard things got. I just, and now, uh, man, I try not to think about what my life would look like if I had made that decision because it's now filled with so much joy even though it's hard, like it's very hard, but it, it, you know, the pros and the good just outweighs all of the bad. So that is, that's my little story. <laughs> that's so great that you had two amazing friends. Well, one friend and then your coworker that just surrounded you with hope mm-hmm. and joy. That's, that's so incredible. And yeah, just told you exactly what you needed to hear. That that makes me think of um, since you have been in that situation of 
you know, facing an, an unplanned pregnancy and, you know, the possibility of being a single mom, how best can other people support, support people like that? And also what can we say? What can we do? It sounds like, you know, being joyful about it is Mm -hmm. one thing that really helped you. Um, But is there anything else that you can, that, I don't know, someone like myself, um, you know, I've, I've definitely had a couple friends tell me that they were unexpectedly pregnant, you know, even if they were married or whatnot, and maybe you can shed some light on that. Yeah, um, it's definitely a really difficult situation to deal with, I think, as a friend. And everyone is different, you know, but from my experience being in those shoes and then my experience talking to women who are in those shoes, I think, you know, the number one thing is what I said, which is, I think, I think that someone, I think that a woman should be like congratulated immediately, even though I think you should also acknowledge that this is really hard and this was not planned. And like, it's okay to be sad and devastated. And, you know, those things are just normal. I mean, even I I know for a fact that women who experience um, unplanned pregnancies even hope that they miscarriage sometimes and miscarry. And, you know, that's a hard thing to talk about, but it's worth talking about because it's a real emotion that women feel and, and you shouldn't feel alone in that feeling. So, you know, it's, it's really hard, but I think what I really needed in those first couple days was someone to look at me and say, like, you can do this. And this is a good thing. Just like that guy said to me that day before, I mean, he was the first person who looked at me and said, you can do this. And feeling empowered in that was so critical. I mean, it, it was the turning point in that story. And it's just, I just can't emphasize it enough that you feel so weak and powerless in that situation. And like, you just feel trapped, but it's so important to surround someone with so much love and confidence that, Hey, like this was not planned. And, you know, this isn't the way you saw your life, no doubt, but you know, good can come out of this. Like, maybe your life is going to unfold in a way that you never imagined because that's what happened to me. I would have never imagined my life to unfold the way that it has, but it is way better than I ever imagined, you know, and way fuller. And so sometimes, um, I don't know, my boss always says, God gives us what we need, not what we want. <laughs> I like that. And I just think that that, I mean, in my own life, that is so true. I had to, heal so many wounds. I know I'm going off topic, but it, you know, sometimes we have to go through experiences to, to heal and to grow and, and to grow in ways that we never thought we needed to. Um, and so anyway, a long winded answer, I think, congratulations, you can do this. You're not alone. Um, I always tell women, I want you to know that of course, I'm biased because of my experience. So I I will always say, you know, you can do this and I'll support you in any way that you can and I will help you figure out all the logistics that you need to figure out to do this, but I will never judge your decision. You know, I would never want a woman to feel judged when I'm speaking to her and I would never want to p- 
push someone in direction that they wouldn't want to go. Um, but obviously from my own experience, I always encourage, um, a woman to just embrace that with open arms and hands, even though it's scary. And, um, but the women who I've seen who have done it, um, have just, gosh, like similar experiences, you know, had beautiful babies or are about to give birth and are so excited. And, you know, none of those people ever imagined their life would turn out this way, but it's brought them so much joy too. So, you know, my, my grandma, uh, my Nona from Italy, she's an immigrant from Italy. So thick Italian accent. She said to my mom when, when she found out, she said, she was immediately excited. And my mom was like, what? Like, you're not even upset at all. (laughs) She was like, Nancy, death is something to grieve over, but life should always be celebrated. And I just think that that is, that just gave me the chills. Yeah. And it's just, it's so true. And she responded to it, you know, the way that someone really should like, that is just the fundamental, you know, anyway. So I would say that would be my advice. No, that that's really great advice. I guess I didn't really think of congratulating as much. And as you said, it's also hard when the mom herself is grieving. You know, I've had that with a few of my friends that I like that you said to acknowledge also that it's okay to feel the Mm -hmm. overwhelming and the negative parts of it because that also is so present too. So it's really good not to dismiss that too. So I love that celebration and, and the acknowledgement. So and as as you were talking too, it's it's funny that you were talking about being overwhelmed and and whatnot. No matter if your pregnancy is planned or unplanned, mm-hmm. I just feel like pregnancy is hard. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like it's scary no matter what. So I can't even imagine adding in that additional unplanned part of it. I just you know it would just be even scarier. So <laughs> well, either way, you really can't prepare for what's about to happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say that yeah, no matter what, it's hard and yeah, definitely kids change your life for the better, just as you said. You know, I have an 18 month old and Mm. it's the same thing. I just remember being scared and having those all all of those emotions, even though she was completely planned. And that's the other thing that I've talked about with some of my some of my friends too. Like even even if you do plan a pregnancy and you're pregnant, you know, there's a part point in the pregnancy unless it's just me and my friends where you're like what did I do oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) especially when it's nine months pregnant you're like I changed my mind I don't know oh my gosh one of my girlfriends just did that with me she called me and she's like what is going on (laughs) and I'm like don't worry (laughs) you'll adjust yeah, so I feel yeah, like there's a rude awakening. Even though there's some, you know, obviously there's major differences, but I feel like maybe we can connect too on some of the similarities too. Completely. So I I have heard you say that obviously having your daughter is the best thing, but also one of the hardest things that's happened to you. Can you talk about how it is being a single working mom? And do you have any tips for being a working mom in general? And do you have any philosophy on managing mom guilt? Or, you know, there's everyone has their different mantra, like you can have it all, you can't have it all, lean in, lean out, all this stuff. I don't know. I see all, mm-hmm. all these people talking yeah. about different things. But, you know, as as you know, it's it's so hard to to be a working mom. You know, I 
I work part time, yeah. and even that's really hard. So I would love to hear from you, uh, since obviously you probably have to have a certain philosophy or schedule or whatnot just to make it work as a single working mom. It's very hard. Uh, well, I do want to mention that the single mom thing sometimes gets a little confusing. I am a single mom, but um, Renly's dad is in the picture, so he does help, um, and he picks her up a couple nights a week from the nanny. So I do get a little break there. But in terms of managing work mom life, um, it's really hard. Um, when I first started, when I first went back to work six months after Renly was born, which I was grateful to have had even that much time with her. Um, I definitely had a really hard time adjusting, although I really didn't have a choice. I had, I had to make that money for her and to support us. So it was just, you know, I had to accept it very quickly, but I still, you know, gosh, this is a fluctuating answer to be honest with you. It depends on which day you ask me. (laughs) Um, But I mean, in general, I do, I go through weeks where I, I have so much guilt because I come home and I I don't feel present or I'm thinking about other things and, or, you know, I'm on my phone and, you know, there's been a couple of times where Renly like bats my phone away and I'm like, oh no, she hates me. Um, so it's, it's really, I try, I've tried to definitely put in a rule where I'm not on my phone around her very much. Um, so I'll like come home and I'll turn my phone upside down for a little while I always come home and turn on fun music and change my clothes. That's like a really big one for me Um, because if I can get out of my work clothes into like comfy clothes and then no matter what mood I'm in, if I can put on a fun song like Queen or, you know, like just something I can dance to with my daughter, then it just kind of shakes me out of whatever mood I was in. I love that. And so there's something about like coming home and just going into mom mode that is really, has really, really worked for me. And then, you know, over time, I've just been really working on being more present, meaning I, you know, instead of going into the living room and just kind of letting her pick out her toys and I kind of sink into the couch, I will like just sit on the floor and I will actually like pull out some of her toys and, you know, like I just make an active effort to engage in what she's doing. And that makes me feel better as a working mom. If I can just spend at least 30 minutes just sitting with her and giving her that attention, then I feel more fulfilled at the end of the night. That's something that's been working for me for sure. Um, and then bedtime is really, really important because I, I kind of have this guilty thing where I get into Redley's crib, <laughs> everyone uses me for, but I don't care because it's our like cuddle time. Um, but I get into Redley's crib and I probably won't have to be able to keep doing this as she gets bigger. Um, but I get into her crib and I sing her a couple songs and we say prayers together and we talk and that like really allows me to bond with her. You know, even if I've had a really busy day and I haven't been able, you know, I wasn't with her during the evening. Um, that really, really fills me up. And, you know, the biggest thing I've learned about mom guilt and dealing with that, um, is, is just fundamentally 
if she, if I know that she feels loved, like I can see it in her eyes when she feels loved and she's happy and she's thriving. As long as she feels loved, I'm doing a good job. And that is not a lot, of, lot to ask from ourselves as mothers because I think we can all say like, yeah, our children feel pretty loved. And that in and of itself is enough. And we don't need to really overthink it because, you know, I just, I fundamentally believe that everyone is doing their best with the tools that they have. And as long as you feel like you're doing your best, then, you know, you got to just feel like you're enough. Definitely. I, I feel like you already answered the final question that we usually I know I tried this, but I love it so much that you know we always since that is our motto that there's no way to be a perfect mom but many ways to be a good one that that is just so true and perfect what you said and I've noticed that with my daughter too you know whenever I'm feeling a little bit of mom guilt for whatever it is and I just see her face you know when she looks at me just just as you were saying that you can just see it in their eyes yeah. it's so so true so I love that yeah. Uh, that's, I try, I think the most important thing when we get so caught up in all those emotions is just to remember the little things. And I try to just like boil it down to that one thing. Like my, you know, number one job is to love her and support her. And if she feels that, then I'm doing enough, you know, because we're not perfect. And sometimes there's a lot on our minds and I have actively, I mean actively, like every day I think about this. So this is something that I work on every day because I have a tendency to feel guilt and shame. And and so I've just really, really tried to focus in on that and, and be you know content with that. I would love you to talk a little bit more about how you actively manage, you know, the guilt and shame throughout your day, because I've noticed on your platform back in February that you mentioned a lot about having a good attitude and managing the attitude throughout the day. And it seems like you have some really practical tips for doing that and because you do seem to be very intentional Mm -hmm. about it. So I would love to hear how you are intentional throughout the day. Yeah. Um, This is another thing that I've been working on a lot Uh, because uh, earlier this year, like in the very early part of the year, I, my boss is a very good friend and mentor to me now. So we had a very blunt offline conversation. Um, I was just becoming, I was just getting so wrapped up in the negative and, you know, just kind of turning into that like angry cat lady type profile. And um just focusing on all the negatives and like, I'm lonely and blah, blah, blah. And he looked at me and he was like, girl, you need to start focusing on the positive. And it hit me like, you know, like really hard. Cause I was like, you're right. And he was like, you need to listen to happy music. You need to get up and say, this is a, you know, today is a good day. And it sounds so like simple and silly, but like I actually started to focus on those things and really try to shift my mindset toward gratitude. And there's been a couple other times in my life where I've had to do that. And I talk about one thing that I did um, shortly after I had Renly, I had a lot of anxiety and I was really struggling with how my life was changing, like productivity wise. 
And I was someone who just needed to get a lot done. I like to read. I like to learn. I like to go through my to-do list. I like to be thinking deep thoughts. And then you have a baby and you're, you know, so sleep deprived. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, the only thing you're getting done is just surviving and maybe doing a load of laundry. And so the mom brain fog, (laughs) right? Oh my gosh. That was so hard for me to adjust to. (laughs) And so I had to really, really try to fix that and try to change my attitude. And so I, I just made up this, what I now call the sticky note habit. And every night before I went to bed, I had two sticky notepads on my bathroom counter with a Sharpie. And on one, I would think about something that I was grateful for. And the other one, I would think of something I was proud of myself for. And so every night I'm brushing my teeth and I'm thinking and I'm, I'm reviewing my day in my head and I'm, I'm coming up with these things and then I'd finish and then I'd write them down and put them up on the mirror. So over a month or two, I think I did it for like two or three months, um, you know, all these sticky notes are on the mirror. So as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm reading them all. And it was like a constant reminder of all of the things I was grateful for and then all that I was accomplishing. And sometimes I would write, I did a load of laundry or I got through another day. Like they don't need to be big things, but it changed my perspective and it changed the way that I was going to sleep every night. And it really did change my life. And it taught me, you know, after all was said and done, I took down the sticky notes and I think I put them in a memory box because I can't throw anything away. And I, but I realized that it was more than just the sticky notes. Like it actually had given me a habit that I've carried with me since then. And so I've thought about doing it a couple more times when I've started to lose that habit, but it, the, the, you know, the tool is still inside of me. I just have to kind of like carry it out a little. Right. Um, and so anyway, so when my boss did this to me, I was like, okay, I need to get back to that place. I need to be grateful. And, and during those times in my life, I really try to just be grateful for the little things like silly little things. Like I get into my bed and I'm like, wow, this is so comfortable. Like, thank you God for this bed. Like, thank you for everything that we have. And it's, it, it really does sound kind of silly, but it's those little tiny thoughts. If you're having negative thoughts all day, like it's going to filter the way that you think and the way you see yourself and, and the way that you treat other people. But the more that you kind of switch those thoughts, um, it, it just, I don't know, it's transformative. Another thing that I've done is I've really tried to, I can, you know, be in like a stressful situation and, you know, I'm like on the brink of just getting really mad and then getting in a bad mood. So I try to like really focus in on that moment where I'm about to get into a bad mood. And then I I make a conscious decision that I'm not going to get into a bad mood. Like it's that simple. I'm like, no, I am not going to let this ruin the rest of my day or the next hour or whatever it is, I'm just going to let it roll off my back and move on. Because being angry, it takes a lot more energy than just letting something go and forgiving and loving. And that's been another thing that I've worked on that has allowed me to deal with stress and situations where I'm, I have a tendency to get angry and upset. Um, and then honestly, um, 
the biggest thing that changes my life is prayer. I, if I can start every day with 15 minutes, I'm a way better person. I can't say I do that every day. It's really hard because sometimes I can't get up earlier than my daughter because she beats me to my alarm clock. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm um, doing that, don't they? <laughs> right. I'm like, really? Um, so, but the times I've gotten up before her and I've just taken 15 minutes, sometimes it turns into like 25 because I'm so at peace. But take 15 minutes, just close my eyes and breathe. And, you know, in my own meditative prayer, like I, I ask God to enter into any pain or suffering that I have in my heart or any heaviness. And, you know, it's just at the very least, it's a very, um, like peaceful experience. And it it just kind of grounds me in what's important. And it just makes me feel calm to then enter into the day that may not be so calm. But sometimes I, you know, just feel like, wow, like this is the thing that's been on my heart that's been really hurting me. Or, you know, this is something that's unresolved, or this is an area that I need to grow, or I could have handled this situation better. And honestly, I don't sit there and ask God for things. I just try to listen. And, you know, um, so, you know, I don't know if you're spiritual or anyone else listening is spiritual, but that works for me and it fits my lifestyle. And, um, you know, has just been something that if I go months at a time where I don't pray, I just kind of start to lose it. <laughs> um, so it's the one consistent thing in my life that has kept me sane and as, you know, humble as I can be in all my humanness and, you know, has just helped me grow as a person. And I guess the biggest thing that I try to be is like a calm vessel through stormy waters. That is like my goal in life. Um, because life is just rocky and things get thrown at us. And, but if we are calm and centered through that, then I find that I am less reactive and, um, just more loving in my responses, more empathetic in my listening and, I'm just a better friend and mother and, you know, whatever else I need to be coworker. Um, so anyway, that was a very long answer, but that is something I think about a lot. So I appreciate the question. I love each of those examples that you gave. And it's interesting that, you know, those, that little ritual that you went through for the gratitude, I have read several studies that said that gratitude is something that's learned mm. and you have to practice it. And so that's that's something that I've thought of, you know, say, saying how can, you know, myself practice gratitude more or me and my yeah. family practice gratitude more. And I'm going to have to try that and pass that tip on because to be a more grateful person, that that's exactly what they say. You have to actually practice it. It's not something that's necessarily naturally learned or whatnot. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. I'm, I, I tried the journaling thing. I journal, but I don't, I tried the like write down something you're grateful for every day. But what doesn't work for me is like 
the way that my brain works is like if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So what worked for me with the sticky notes is like it was always in front of me <laughs> and I could never forget to do it because I brush my teeth every right. night and every morning. Um, and it was just a constant reminder in my face, like bright pink and orange sticky notes, you know? So I don't know. It really worked for me. I'd be really curious if you try it. Let me know what you think. No, I'm going to have to definitely try that. It's funny because it reminds me of something a little bit of what I did. So, um, I'm an attorney. And so I took the bar actually seven years ago, almost wow. to the day. Cause I think they're, they're taking the bar in California as we are today was the last day. I think now it's only two days when I took it, it was three. Um, but I did something similar. I just wrote, I wrote a bunch of Bible verses on notes that were kind of inspirational all everywhere that I was studying and in my room and whatnot. And I, I just saw them every single time I looked up from studying. Yes. I love that. I'm such a visual person. So I love that you did that. I actually should do something like that. <laughs> Because I read so many great things and I'm like, oh, I got to remember that. And I like save it in my phone and never look at it again. I really appreciate you sharing your story and your journey. I, you know, I was getting chills so many times when you're talking and tears in my eyes because I just think your journey and story of becoming a mom and, you know, even your journey that you're in now is just so beautiful. And I'm so thankful for you sharing that with us. And I know everyone listening will have so much to take away from it too. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, if anyone listening wants to read my full story, I've written it on my website, um, which is backinfebruary.com. And you can find me on Instagram at backinfebruary underscore. Um, so yeah, just sharing my little journey there. And it's slow moving. It's part time. But, um, you know, just trying to get the message out that any unplanned unexpected change. Um, you're not alone in it and you can get through it. And, um, you know, just trying to show that example of, of joy and unexpected motherhood. Thank you so much again for listening in on another episode of the mother good podcast. We hope you really enjoyed today's conversation. And as a reminder, mother good is a nonprofit organization funded by our generous donors. So if you would like to support this podcast, please consider joining our donors at mothergoodcode.com slash give.